Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today you'll be listening to myself, Mark Clarence and Kyle Van Cleef of Wild Giant Studio. Today on the show we talk about sports branding, sports logos, sports crests, club badges, massive mascots, kit designs and much more. This episode nicely rounds off Sports Week on the podcast with freelance FIFA episodes going out every Wednesday as well. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Carl Van Cleef as much as I did. Both of us are very, very passionate about sports. We talk about basketball, ice hockey, uh, football, American football and baseball logos. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Design Cuts. The link is down in the description below if you want to go and check that out and help out the podcast. Also feel free to share it on social media. Take a screenshot right now. Upload it to your favourite social media platform. Tag at Creative Waffle and the job are good right let's get into the podcast welcome back to the podcast the return of uh episode two yeah thanks for having me back it'd be cool today because like we're both massive sports fans it'd be cool today to decipher like what are the best sports logos in each category like so we've got american football we've got soccer we've got uh ice hockey we've got basketball um all that sort of stuff it'd be cool to like know, know what your favorite logos are and see why as well sure uh, We'll make some people mad, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, talk to me a bit about American football first, because I've got no idea about it, and this Tom Brady character keeps popping up on Twitter. Who is he? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a big Saints fan, so I don't really want to talk about it at the moment. Um, <laughs> um, now, Tom Brady, he's, um, <clears throat> he's a pretty polarizing figure. Uh, some people hate him. Some people love him. I don't think there's anybody in between. Um, you got you to admit what he's done is pretty freaking impressive. He's been in, what, nine Super Bowls? Right. Wait, so what, what is people, people praise Michael Jordan for winning six titles and six tries and, you know, hate LeBron James for only winning a few and so many tries. Well, Tom Brady's like 50% or something like that. And, you know, how hard it is to get into a freaking championship game, let alone to do it nine times. Pretty wild. <laughs> So, so what makes him so good then? Is it just natural talent or is it in the right team or what? I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody's kind of cracked that egg with Tom Brady yet. Um, right. I think it's a mix of good coaching, uh, being on the right team. But then again, you know, their team, it, it changes every year and there's always something going on and people always count them out. And then right at the end of the year, they make a push. Um, I'm not sure he's the most physically gifted athlete in the world. I just think he's, you know, he's capable and he's smart. Um, he's probably the smartest guy on the field whenever he's on the field. Um, you know, some people like to think that they're, they're cheaters and that they get, you know, away with stuff, but the guy, they're good. The guy's good. I don't know what it is. He's just got that intangible that you can't pinpoint. Uh, so wait, why are you bitter about it then? Are you, Saint, why are Saints? Did they lose to them? Or what oh, no, dude. They lost in a playoff game, man, on a, on a missed call by the refs. And then oh. didn't play well in overtime. Just bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that with football. I mean, it's, yeah, you lose decisions and, and stuff doesn't go your way and you get the bad luck sometimes. And that's, yeah, it's the game, though. That's it. That's just part of it. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's harder to be a fan than it is to be a player, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I know I, I played for my local football team and we lost at the weekend and just that like, the whole weekend's ruined because <laughs> your team lost. And yeah, right. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, logos and design, because I'm sure that's what people want to hear about. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what makes a good sports logo in your eyes? Mm, all my sports buddies are probably going to text me after they see this and be like, dude, you're totally wrong. 
Um, a sports logo, unlike a regular logo, should be something somebody wants to identify with. I'm not going to walk around with a Pepsi logo plastered on my shirt, but I'm going to walk around with my favorite sports team logo. Being a designer, I've been known to like certain teams based upon their logos because it's got to be something I'm willing to put on my body and wear as a billboard. I think that's what makes sports logos effective is if it really reaches the fan base in a certain way. Um, you have some teams or, or some schools in various sports that have logos that have never changed. And that's because people get an emotional attachment to them. So I think a sports logo is successful if it creates that. Um, it's also successful if it creates a little bit of controversy too uh, and, and kind of riles things up and, and stirs the pot a little bit. Um, but I think as a designer, you kind of, that's something you have to think about with a sports logo is, uh, is it effective? Um, does it translate the right message? And are people going to consume it um, rather than reject it? So, Right. Yeah, I also think it's embodying the city as well. If it, if it has a bit of the city in it or represents, represents the city well, like you say, people can be more tied to it. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a good way of getting people on board with the actual logo and right. message of the team. Um, so you, where do you want to start then? Where do you want to do, do sport? What do you want to start with? Fire away, man. Let's just get into it. I'm, I'm open to whatever. Okay. Uh, well, we'll start with your sport then. American football. Let's do it. Uh, you want the best? You want the best logo? What, what's yeah? What, what like? What's your favorite one, and and why? You want pro or college? Oh, I think it is. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea about college. Pro. Let's do pro. We'll stay with pro. Oh God. Uh, you know, I'm inclined to say the Saints because I'm a you know I'm a Saints fan, and they have the Fleur de Lis, and it's it's, it up. <laughs> logo. it's you know it's pretty uh, it's pretty straightforward. But I really am not a big fan of how they color it and all the containing shapes and borders and strokes it has. I mean, I look at like the Green Bay Packers logo. It's just that G in the shape of a football. It's I mean it it says what it needs to say. It's not some overly dramatic mascot or really heavily serifed, you know, type style. It's just a G. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's nice. Well, that's simple. That's simple. I didn't realize it was in the shape of football until you mentioned it, to be honest. I mean, that was just, that's just me just being silly. Uh, it could have been, uh, it's very egg shaped, which is, which is obviously what a football's like. I mean, it could have been a bit more squashed and a bit pointier. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the original sketches were, I mean, there's online, if you look it up, they actually have the um, artist, the original artist, he, uh, there's been some stories about the super G or whatever the power G or whatever the hell they call it because Georgia and Grambling state, um, the two schools, they also use a form of it as well. I think the original concept did have a more of a, a fine tip shape like a football, but, um, I think, you know, with whatever tools they might've been using at the time to re-render the logo from a drawing. Yeah. Maybe that plays into it as well, but it's become pretty iconic. I mean, for what it is and how big Green Bay is, and you know, you can think of the whole the, the, the Packers, you know, the cheese packing and all that kind of industry. I can totally see that G stenciled on the side of a crate, you know, a shipping crate. I can't say that about like the Falcons logo, not that it needs to, but that just proves it kind of has stood the test of time and has um, proved its value. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and going back to the Saints logo, what the, what I can't remember what that's called because we have that over here in the sort of Cubs and Scouts. It's about the Scouts, is it? What's it called? A, f a fleur de lis. Fleur de lis. Is that I can't pronounce. A lily flower. <laughs> oh, oh that's it's uh, New Orleans is a heavily French city. 
uh, or okay. was heavily French when it was founded. So I think that kind of plays into and heavily Catholic. So that plays into the the marrying of the two. There's a lot of um, wrought iron, uh, <clears throat> a wrought iron fencing and architecture, and um, really cool big stone architecture in New Orleans. Um, so I think that is you know that whole brand um, plays into being really indoored into the city and, and it's uh, visual, um, I guess, yeah, it's visual messaging really as a town. Nice. Uh, I, I, I may not like this one, but I like the uh, Patriots logo just because it's the look of it. It's like an angry. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> flying, they call it flying Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a flying Elvis. You know, if you look at the sketches of and the drawings and the early renderings of when they were developing that logo, you can see where it comes from. You can see the colonial or the colonial, the revolutionary soldier's hat. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The original iterations and how it kind of developed into what it is. Um, I think it's one of those logos that's so bad, but it's stuck around for so long that I mean, it'll never go anywhere. And they've been so good for so long. It's yeah. like, you know, you're stuck with it. <laughs> I, I I think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's badly designed. I think it's like a, I think it's like cool the, sh the shading they've got on it, and um, it's, it's, it's got it's got a weird character to it for sure. Yeah, it's got some qualities. Yeah, I guess yeah, maybe maybe a bit sour with the the theme. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, be, man. I'll try to be biased, not unbiased, but <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, which what's your favorite one then? What if you had to choose one? A favorite favorite logo? Yeah, if you had to choose one American football logo, what would it be? You know, I probably picked the Seahawks logo. You know, I grew up, I've grown up around it, but considering it's based off of Native American art and totem pole art, um, right. it's really well done. And I think the symbolism behind it is really cool. Um, I'm not really a big fan of like what Nike's done with their branding overall and their uniforms and stuff, but um, that mark and then going from the original to how they um, developed it and refined it uh, about what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago now, whatever it is. Um, that's that's probably right up there. That's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a cool arc, and yeah, like you said, look, I'm looking at the development now, and it's yeah, it looks like it looks a lot more modern, and they've they've actually they've done it very well. Uh, they've that transition, it's, it's not lost the original quality from from the 70s, and it's just a lot more modernized, and it's still there. You still see the, the progression. Uh, yeah, I like I like in that in that part of the Pacific Northwest, up in Washington, Seattle, British Columbia oh. area. Uh, there's a very unique style of Native American art, and I, it, the term is lost on me um, right now as what it is, but you see it in the totem poles, very heavy lines, big eyes. I mean, very, everything's very interpreted in a really cool stylistic way. And so that's the, the homage to that is, is seen in the logo. So, and they did a really good job. It's not a disrespectful look. It's, it's very much a, a tribute. So, and I, and I, you know, I hate when people try to like, take a culture and you know like the vikings like they've got this handlebar mustache and blonde hair with a braid and horns and like it's totally not historically accurate and i doubt you know vikings had big handlebar mustaches like that and looked like a guy from easy rider in the 70s but what the seahawks did was they took it and they cold they they, they didn't appropriate the culture they didn't overhype or stereotype the culture they actually put you know paid respect to it and said this is like the saints this is really a big part of our identity yeah, that's cool. That's cool when people do that and respect that they have. It's about the Indians logo. I think for the baseball, um, they've got that. that <laughs> they're trying to move away from it, and it's all. Yeah, I, I've done a little bit of looking into that because uh, I might be going to. Yeah. It's bad, yeah. 
It's bit, I mean, <laughs> racism wise is pretty bad. Now I grew up around a lot of native Americans myself and, uh, you know, some of them will tell you, yeah, we don't care. It's not, it doesn't affect me. And some will tell you it's like the worst thing in the world. But I think just as a culture, um, and especially at the time when like that chief Wahoo, that big nosed, uh, red faced Indian and the Redskins logos and stuff were made. Um, that was just kind of the style, you know, like that over-exaggerated yeah. caricature style. And obviously it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a racist and prejudice stereotype. I mean, it's like, you know, a buck tooth Asian. Um, it's things you need to stay away from. But as a caricature perspective of the time, which is popular in mascot design, it fit. Um, and baseball was predominantly targeted toward, you know, white people. So um, you see a lot of that in that old logo. Uh, it's just, it's just bad. It's just not a good look for um, an already perceived uh, arrogant country to be slinging around sports logos that are, really bad really you know racist interpretation yeah. of culture so yeah i know yeah i see what you mean and there's quite a lot of the redskins um because are you talking which redskins are we talking about because there's with the washington the, uh, the football team the washington redskins in the nfl okay yeah 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 and then there's chicago blackhawks as well yeah and uh you know I, they're kind of cut from the same cloth and right. they'll probably never go anywhere because they've been around for so long um you know, I think the, the difference between the Blackhawks and the Redskins is not just in the logo. I mean, the logos probably need to be done away with, but in the name. You know, the Blackhawks are paying tribute to a particular tribe, a particular um, group of people. Right. Uh, whereas Redskins is a derogatory term. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, like if they were the Washington Crackers and there was a big white, you know, pink-faced white guy or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's not a good look. Now, if it's not, like it's the Vikings, that's different. That's a particular set of people. Um, so there's a lot of bad stuff like that in sports and in mascot design and stuff. It's just, uh, and it's the time too. I mean, some of those, some of the pro teams, you know, hundreds of years, of years old or, or hundred years old, not hundreds, um, you know, been around for a long time and started in a time when the conversations were different. Um, so yeah. you do a lot of that in American sports. Well, we, we've got the chiefs over here as well. There's a rugby team called Exeter chiefs and, uh, that uses a very similar thing to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm never sure. I'm never sure what they should do, should do with it. <laughs> it's a bit of a, yeah. you know, I, where, where I'm from, our high school mascot was the Indian for a long time. And then, um, the state banned the use and the visage of Indians as mascots. And so we became, um, well, not, we became the Eagle Indians for a, a while because we had two high schools merge. And then we became the Riverhawks. Um, you know, some schools became the Warriors or the Chiefs, and people still found that to be disrespectful. And, you know, and it's my personal thought is, well, the, you know, there's chieftains all over the world. They're not just Native American. It depends on how you iterate that message. Um, you know, I grew up around a lot of Polynesians and Pacific Islanders, and, you know, you could as easily put, you know, that representation in there as well. So it just depends on how, you, how you're playing it and how you – you know, interpret that design message. Yeah, yeah. No, you could also move the way the word chief from the like the, the original sort of messaging. You can move that with that word. Like chief could be chief executive officer or like business terms. It's, can, it's somebody in charge. <laughs> yeah, somebody in charge. Exactly. Yeah, like a team in charge or someone. Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. How would you reckon? Do you, well, first of all, do you think they would move away from it? Because there's an argument, obviously, where people are saying that it's been around for ages and it's in our history now. Let's keep it that way. And there's also an argument saying that it's not the right time to have this now. Let's let's move on. 
Uh, do you think they will change it? The right answer is they should. The raw, the, the real answer is they probably won't. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think, especially in America right now, um, the way things are politically and the way you know the opinions are very uh, di divisive right now. Um, so we see a lot of. Um, well, if you're over here, I'm over here. There's no middle ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't think things will change. And, and they'll find a reason not to, you know, I think the Redskins have been told they can't copyright their logo, which I'm not sure if that's still a thing anymore. Um, some people say, oh, you can't be called the Redskins when you come to our city, you know, but, you know, it's a, unless it actually changes and everybody's kind of playing a part of it. You know, everybody who watches a Redskins game is giving into that. So is just as guilty. So short answer, they should. The answer is they probably won't. Probably won't, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, not cool, but yeah. All right, let's move. On. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move on to ice hockey. I like ice hockey. I think it's awesome. Uh, and my choice of logo is probably reflective of my local team logo. We got ice hockey here in the UK, and uh, the local team here took pretty much took the uh, the Calgary Flames logo and used it. All right. Um, so there's a there's a G that we've got called Guildford Flames, and um, I think I'm pretty sure. Like there's an ex ex-Calgary famous sort of player or academy player that came over here and started it. Um, so like he just took inspiration from it and and ripped it off a little bit, which isn't good. Um, but it looks it looks awesome. So yeah. So you know, the, you, know, the, you the the flames the Calgary Flames logo is pretty awesome, but it was even better when they were in Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. Flames. You talk about like a a really awesome '70s logo that would still hold up today. Yeah, uh, that one's pretty rad. But as far as hockey goes, you know, so I'm I'm pretty new to hockey. I've got a friend that's really really big into it, um, and so I've just kind of started digesting <laughs> the whole hockey scene. Um, and I'm a I'm a kind I'm a Minnesota Wild fan, um, and I really like their logo. Uh, that's probably why I'm a fan because I like their logo and their yeah. colors. But the way they've added things into there, and now there's kind of some stigma around Minnesota because their team, the North Stars, was taken to Dallas. Um, and that was a really old team in Minnesota. So the new, the wild and the branding and everything, people I don't think really super grasped onto. Um, but the way they translated all the elements in, in the, the animal head, yeah, um, yeah. I think is really awesome. You know, and hockey a, is a funny one. It's like baseball. Some of those logos have been around for a long, long time. And you have the Flyers mm. logo, which is like god awful. But man, don't say that to a Flyers fan. Um, <laughs> They, they kill you or red wings you know that's the same thing um it the rangers i mean some of these some of this brand architecture and these and the the visuals have been around for a long time they're not going to go anywhere um doesn't mean they're good it's like the patriots logo it's not good it's not bad it does the job and people like it whatever yeah yeah i i, I agree with you the minnesota wild one from from aesthetically design point of view it's got it's got everything it's got the the forest in there it's got the sunset and the star shooting across his eye and, and the animal overall and sort of a hidden message. It's, it's really, really awesome um, logo. Uh, I'm not sure how good they are, but um, like, there's, a really cool, um, there's a really cool process video online of that being made. Um, oh. If you can find that, it's really, it, it's really a cool one. How all the different iterations and changes they've made to, you know, to the, to the, I think it's a bear or whatever, but the, the, yeah. the shape of the face the snout, the eye, the ears. I mean, it's really that stuff that people don't see, but us designers really appreciate, at least I do. 
is like the real, I mean, just the little fine tweaks and then, oh, let's move it over here and let's add these um, to really, really get massaged out. And then you see the final product and you're like, okay, now I get it. Um, so if you get a chance to find that, take a, take a look at it. And is that all representative of Minnesota as well, like the bears and the, and the forests and stuff? They have a lot of that up there. Yeah, I think Minnesota. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm from Oregon and the Northwest. We've got a lot of forest and trees up here. Yeah. Um, I think Minnesota is kind of the same way. And I think it's just a northern state. There's a, it's cold. It's got a lot of rivers and lakes and a lot of outdoorsy stuff. So I think it just kind of is a good encompasser of the state as a whole. I, I prefer those sort of logos to the Atlanta Flames or the Calgary Flames now that it's just a massive sea. To, I mean, it's got a bit of meaning behind it. I mean, the Flames is, is a cool cool name, but what does that mean? Like, is that, is that anything to do with... Yeah, I think when it was Atlanta, I think Atlanta burned down at one point. I could be wrong. I mean, I think most major American cities have burned down at one point, but it might have something to do with, uh, with Atlanta burning down at some point. Cool. My hockey friends are going to kill me for that. <laughs> I'm being ignorant as well because I'm from the UK. I'm just trying to guess, like, are these American logos? But, <laughs> but yeah, the... The, the name, like the Flames logo, is like we're talking about Calgary Flames. But moving over to Calgary as well, that's a strange move. Like, why did sports teams do that in America? We would never have money, that. Over man. Money. It's always got to be about money and like where the, you know, with like baseball and, and basketball and football, it's like demographic wise. You know, I think basketball is a really big one. TV markets, they call them. Um, like, we've got the Blazers, the Trailblazers, um, and Portland's tiny compared to Los Angeles and New York. Um, but they've also got, you know, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's not much bigger than Portland. Um, but <clears throat> you see a lot of those teams take going out of those locales and into a bigger city because they can get, you know, a more monetary reach with that. So I think that's kind of, and sometimes owners, you know, they just have a preference for one area or the other, or they get a tax break or something and they, or they move to Canada from Atlanta because they can get a stadium built faster. I mean, it's just, there's always weird circumstances. That's that's amazing that they do that. Like just take it, like, the whole because from over here we'd never have that. We'd have, like it's always built there, staying there, I'll die there. And um, right. you'd never be able to see like Man City being taken down to Brighton now be calling Brighton City. Right. <laughs> well, and I think too you have over in Europe and especially in the UK you've got a lot of established. Well, it's a smaller area too, but yeah. each you know, city has an established. They started that way. It was the city's club, whereas like the NFL was a league and then you know they've got clubs or teams in the league you know I don't nobody was like hey we're all of a sudden the Los Angeles Rams playing football and then somebody in Chicago was like okay we're gonna have a team soon we'll come play I think you know it was there was that idea and then a league was formed to help you know create around it and then you have the problem of owners and the league and what's best for revenue and whereas in you know the UK and Europe it's all about tradition but you see a lot of still in some sports in the U.S. but um, money is, tends to be king. Right, yeah. I, I, I sort of seen that a little bit when, because my football team, Swansea City, have been taken over by American owners. And it, <laughs> it sort of, it feels a bit like it's, we had, had the American football manager, or soccer manager, uh, Bob Bradley, for a while. And uh, that, that, it sort of went down a little bit in terms of money. And, and I mean, I was chairman as well. There's lots of politics behind the scenes about money and being quite tight with money and not buying players that we need. And, uh, that's why we got relegated, and it's all yeah, it's interesting since you know. But yeah, you yeah. can imagine like the British fans and, and Welsh fans that are following Swansea, they're all sort of against these American owners and against these foreign investors. And because we had um, Welsh um, owners for for ages and ages and ages, and 
when they brought us back from from the dark the, the dark period where we lost everything in the bottom league and then they got us back up to the top league and then all of a sudden these American owners come in and buy it all and going that back down again uh, so, so it's interesting to see where it goes um, but we'll yeah, have we're in the world man <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of jokes about Swansea being now called because you have like flames and you have all these crazy names for sports teams like being called like Swansea Ducklings or something or like right yeah just giving right. us a crazy name right. And, Right. Some some ridiculous name that means nothing. Now, it's like, like I said, the Flames, I think there was something behind that. Yeah. Uh, sure. I do have some have some weird, I mean, and maybe not hockey particularly, but you have some weird names in sports and mascots that you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Where did that come from? You know? Like LA Galaxy. That's one that I, I find weird. What's that about? No clue, man. <laughs> no clue. You know, like the Portland Club is the Timbers. That makes complete sense. Yeah. They've been around since the 70s. I mean, that um, – or the Seattle Sounders. That makes sense because it's Puget Sound. Um, you know, Vancouver, I think they're called the Whitecaps. I could be, I could be wrong. I could oh, be yeah, yeah. harassed for that one too. That makes sense because, you know, the, 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 the mountaintops and all that stuff, that makes total sense. I get, I get all those. But then there are the weird ones where they're – all of a sudden you're like, you know – some ridiculous words like or adjectives like we're the speed like what the hell does that mean like what's the point and I, I'm, I'm with you like you know if you're going to represent something um that that again from a design or brand perspective you create you know you're catering to the consumer um you know we had an indoor football league in portland it was called the thunder and it was like it made no sense it had all this you know viking imagery and stuff and it was like or the dragons. Like, nobody's going to latch on to that around here. What do you mean? This isn't a Disney movie. We don't have forest dragons and stuff around here. I mean, pick something that makes sense. Now, sometimes, too, on the flip side, you can go too local and you can alienate the possibility of bringing in fans from outside because they don't understand. Um, but there, there's that balance. But I think when you just kind of go, yeah, screw it, and we're, you know, going to do something completely out of the ordinary. Just, well, you do see that a lot. It's pretty frustrating. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, that's a good point, actually, about dragons. I, I just realized the England logo. Well, I guess it comes from St. George and the Dragon, um, the, the story of, of St. George. But uh, that's got three lines. Ah, the lions. Hang on a minute. What am I talking about? <laughs> lions. I'm being silly now. Um, but yeah, that's lions. <laughs> I don't know why we've got... That's, a, that's, a good, that's what I was going to. Um, why have you rubbing off on you, dude. You're going to get hammered after this, yes. uh, after this interview. People are going to be like, those two suck. <laughs> <laughs> why did I think that? Anyway, um, we should have, that's what I, was, I think that's what an argument I was going to make. We should have dragons on our logo. Why have we got lions? Like, no one's ever had a lion in the UK. No, right. <laughs> we have lions over here. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard people make that argument before. I think that's where I was you know, going. I, I mean, but then again, I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, Richard the Lionheart. I mean, I think lions present like this regality in England, uh, England uh, heraldry that is, you know, I get it. You know, right. the, it's kind of part of that mythical probably a lot of that, uh, that, that ancient culture play into it. And it's just like, okay, let's, that's digging from the roots of, uh, of the culture again. Um, and dragons, you know, isn't the, the, isn't there a dragon on the flag of the whales flag? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The red dragon. and the red dragon was a thing back in England, back in the, you know, the, what the 900s, 800s. So I get it. I mean, it's, that makes sense. But saying, you know, Hey, we're going to be the dragons and we're from Idaho. That doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, yeah, it's like that story you got to get. Uh, who was who's the Jazz in the basketball? Because I remember them doing a really. That's cool... Utah. 
And that's got a – so that's another team that moved. They started in New Orleans, which is known for a city famous for – I mean, it's a city famous for its jazz music and it's, you know, it's music scene, the blues, and, you know, um, yeah. a lot of famous people. Louis Armstrong is from New Orleans. So that made sense. That, was, that fit the team and the city. And then they moved to Utah, of all places, um, to Salt Lake City, and they just did the jazz. Right. Uh, so that's because uh, I remember them doing a really cool kit design a couple of years ago, and it was all brand new and everything. Uh, had right. the had like colors and, and I can't right the, the the red coloring, which is which is kind of a local thing as well, because that's where um, in Utah they've got I think it's Zion, which is the it's a big national park, and it's all like red rocks and deserty and stuff, and so that really made sense that color yeah. hierarchy palette yeah. or whatever. And the way it was sewn down the side of the shirt, it was like the outline of the of the state as well, which is really awesome. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, they've done a really good job. Their creative team is is, uh, is really top notch. So, uh, best ice hockey logo. We didn't get to it. Best ice hockey logo. Man, you know, because I'm new to hockey, I will say the wild. Um, it's good. It's good. As design wise, uh, I don't think there's as much behind it as other logos, um, but. Mm. You know, I, the Blackhawks probably have the best logo, but again, going back to that conversation of it being kind of racisty, I'll stay yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in um, over in Czechoslovakia. Is it Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic? Czech Republic. Sorry, my bad. Um, and they're always popping up on brand new like ice hockey logos. They've got volleyball logos, and they're they're changing them drastically. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're really cool stuff. I haven't. I haven't. So I'll show you. That's the ice hockey one for them now, and it's just like that's really not cool. Yeah, no, no, it's it's, it's like they got a, there's cool some cool. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but some cool afterthought and uh, realizing realizing behind it. And there's like a puck where the, his tongue is, and oh right, yep. Like there's a crown which represents that start something to do with this. Anyways, it was really it was really to do with with the whole of Czech Republic, and it had a lot of meaning behind it, which was great. Um, right. But yeah, I mean it's like the Premier League logo. Is it the Premier League that's got the yeah, line? We've got and so they, many lines over here. I don't understand it. Right, but the way they designed it and they interpreted it went really simple and really minimal, yeah. and um, which I really like. And it's 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 kind of a it's more of American, more Americanized, but not a lot. Um, I think if that was an American logo, it'd be jacked full of highlights and shallows and be really angry looking. Um, but like that logo you just showed, still has that really authentic European feel to it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's not like like the Ducks logo there. Like uh you got the is that the Ducks logo? That's the old one when Disney yeah. owned the team. Yeah, they, oh. they I think that, I think they named it after the Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah. Um but <laughs> the new one is pretty cool. It's just kind of a duck foot motif and um but hey I grew up in the nineties man. Those nineties logos are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember saying on the last podcast, it was, it's, yeah. it's cool. I love talking about them. Um, yeah, they got the, the Panther as well from Florida Panthers. That's a cool logo. And that goes back to uh, another one I was going to talk about, which is Atlanta, the other basketball team, uh, Atlanta Hawks, the original one. Not the like, because they rebranded, don't they? They got them really minimalist and updated. So, but yeah. before when they had the hawk on the ball, that was yeah. really cool. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, you see a lot of that. I think the, you know, the late 80s and the early 90s is when you really saw really a lot of the stylized. Because you kind of went from the cartoon aesthetic, which you'll see in the Charlotte Hornets original logo where he's got the big shoes on. He's very cartoon-esque. 
um, you, you moved away from that and then into the rendering of an animal or a mascot and became very aggressive. That Atlanta Hawks kind of before the hyper aggressive and right after the cartoon. So it's right in the middle ground. And it's a, it's a, I think it's a solid rendering um, or interpretation. Uh, I think it would hold up today too, but it just, you know, they had such a, a, hit, a rich visual history before that, um, that updating their branding to kind of harken back to that um, was the right move. But that logo still holds up. Yeah, and then, and Scott Fuller's doing some stuff with, is it the esports team? I think. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, their video game team. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing some cool stuff with them as well. Like he's making history over there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Washington. The, the one thing that disappoints me about ice hockey, the ice hockey logo, is Washington Capitals. Now they've they've been using mainly that one, which is the text version, which That's is awesome. like yeah, like you say, like it's just an ice hockey stick with a puck, but. And they've got this really nice eagle with the Washington uh, White, the White House on it as well. Yeah, yeah the Capitol building. Yeah, it's the Capitol building. Oh, and they, it's a W. I mean, it's got a lot of great stuff. They've also got like uh, just a W that's like uh, the Washington Monument in it, I think. They've got, or that might be the basketball team, but they've got some really cool visual uh, things they can pull from. Uh, and yeah, yeah their, their, their kits are pretty bad too. But I. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy to me that they go with that text logo over the the, the beautiful eagle with the is it the cat? So what's the, what's the, what's the I think that I think that 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 W is on uh, is on one of their uniforms, right? Really big on the front, so I could be wrong there too. Um, but yeah, it's a great it's a great secondary logo. It should just be their primary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they won the championship, didn't others? I'm going to be ignorant again. I don't know anything. Yeah, they won the cup last year. Yeah. Nice. Uh, If if America had a sport like hockey, or like soccer is in the in Europe, it would be hockey. I mean, the Stanley Cup is old. Mm -hmm. It's there's a reason it's that tall because they have to you know every year they add another ring to it to get more names on it. So I mean, the the original thing. I don't even think the original thing's on there unless it's the top. But it uh, that thing's hockey's got uh, about as much ingrained in, in North American culture as football is in uh, the UK and in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I knew more about it, really, because it's, I, I, like I said, go to the local probably once every three years, but um, <laughs> quite a lot for birthday parties and, and just as a kid. And it, it's, it's amazing sport. I absolutely love it. Like, so fast-paced and just, yeah. yeah. a lot of skill. Yeah. Right around absolutely. razor blades and hit a thing, you know, that big around, it's, yeah you know what i might start i'm gonna take it up i'm gonna start following it again i'm gonna do it <laughs> there you uh, go <laughs> there you go hockey fans i made it right <laughs> yeah. uh so moving on i think that's i think that's it i think we're gonna move on yeah moving on to baseball now this is an interesting one um because i didn't really know much about baseball logos apart from uh the New York one, the, the Yankees logo, uh, until the other day when I was looking up I get to see if I can go to any baseball games in America whilst I'm over right. there for next year for a few design conferences. And I found like, these beautiful monograms. And you've got some awesome stuff going on with baseball logos. Yeah, dude, baseball. So I'm not a huge baseball fan. I mean, I played baseball as a kid. My dad played baseball for a long time. And uh, being American, it's just ingrained in you if you watch baseball. It's something you do in the spring on a sunny day. You, know, you go eat a hot dog and drink a giant soda and watch a baseball game for nine hours. 
That's uh, like, this is nine hours. So, uh, they're, they're, I, they can be like four or five. It's freaking ridiculous. It's a bit like cricket. Yeah, I mean, it's well, I mean, I think baseball comes from cricket. It's just slow. But, you know, come World Series time, I mean, there's a lot of – they can be pretty action-packed and move pretty quick. So, it's kind of a stereotype of baseball. But when you talk about the, the visual history of baseball, the aesthetic, you can't beat it. I mean, it's, you have monograms. You have um, lettering that is just out of this world. Um, the stuff – because at the time when they were making those uniforms, you know, these uniforms out of cotton and, and you know, they're sticking felt lettering on them. And, you know, you look at Ebbets uh, field flannels. They do it now. but a lot of the design aesthetic we see is just from guys hand putting words and letters on uniforms and, you know, patching stuff together. And, you know, really at a time in like the early 1900s and, you know, into the twenties and thirties when things were just being hand cut and sewn and there was a lot of imperfections. Well, you look at like the Yankees logo, the Yankees chest logo is different from their hat logo and it's different from their actual, actual logo. So you've got this really, imperfection uh, that they've carried through um, even to this day still doing that really yeah oh yeah it's it's pretty infuriating to design perfectionists but you have to scale it back and think that's because at some point somebody put you know made a bunch of these for the uniform and they tried to match it to what they had I mean it's baseball's the shit when it comes to uh, to logos yeah yeah What, what, what do you think your favorite one is Hmm. I said, if I say the Yankees, all my Red Sox friends are going to hate me. <laughs> you know, I would say like the Dodgers, but see, I don't, the Dodgers and the Yankees, but again, that's two, you know, the Dodgers used to be in, in New York, they used to be in the Bronx. Um, no, Brooklyn, sorry. Sorry, baseball fans. Yankees are in the Bronx. Uh, they used to be in Brooklyn. And if you, if you look at the, if you look at baseball design and you look at baseball aesthetic from like the 20s to the mid fifties it's it's freaking awesome you know and the dodgers and the yankees um everything is all you know it's you know it's all scripted and monogrammed and it's just cool man um so modern logo wise you know i would probably say the the dodgers i've always i mean i grew up on the west coast so the la is you know pretty iconic and, you know, you saw the guy rap groups would have, would wear them. Um, but then, you know, you have the NY for New York. And I think both of them kind of represent that East Coast, West Coast um, thing. So, yeah, I, I imagine cutting that out, you know, felt and sticking on that Dodgers logo. How many were they? They were, how many people are on a baseball team? Uh, how many people are on a baseball team? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Probably 20 something. I could be wrong there too, but probably 20 something. I mean, I, Imagine having to make that twenty of those and try to make them exactly the same. <laughs> that's that. I think that's you know you're seeing a lot of that come back too with like uh, John Cantino's work and stuff. He's really kind of put that at the forefront with that imperfected, um, hand drawn style where it's like you know where you have a lot of designers now who are trying to make every curve perfect and every line perfectly straight. And, um, and I think there's a reason why people really like that, and it's because we're used to it. Because at a point in time we didn't have the tools we have now. You know, it's kind of the, the Flintstones chiseling in stone kind of thing. It's at that one point they were very, it, the word artisan gets thrown around a lot, but that's really what it was. I mean, it was really a handcrafted feel to every piece you saw. Each uniform was probably different to a degree. I mean, and, and I think that really has, that really 
resonates with people, uh, especially with designers, because it's like, hey, this is beautiful and it's not perfect at all. Yeah, it's, they are beautiful. That, that script tight face, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, baseball's baseball's awesome. It's played a big role in um, kind of the direction that my career has taken over the years and um, you know, aesthetically wise. And it's just because it resonates with me too because I grew up around a lot of baseball and I know a lot of guys out there did and a lot of girls too. And, um, I think it's just inherently American. Yeah, that's it. I'd love to have grown up around around these four sports, like these, you know, the baseball, basketball, American football, and, and hockey. I just just being like doing one of those four each. Do you do, do you do them in the, Do you all do them in like in like a? So when you're in school, when you're, you know, uh, high school, we call it high school here. I don't know what you guys call it. Over yeah, here. pretty much. Same. Um, so when you're in high school, you have the fall is football and soccer. Like that's generally when those two are played. And then you have the winter, which is like wrestling and baseball or basketball stuff you have to do inside because it's too yeah. freaking cold. Um, unless you live in LA, then they could probably do things all year long. Um, but in the spring, then you have softball and baseball and track and field stuff. You're know, getting the outside stuff, you know, the nicer weather. Um, so yeah, everything is very seasonary. Now, professionally wise, they overlap a lot. Like I think there's a day in November where all four or October, where all four of the big sports are played. There's, uh, it's, a, it's one day every year where there's a hockey game, a football game, a basketball game, and a baseball game. And that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, so the big four get played. Um, but, yeah, they're very seasonary here, whereas I think, you know, soccer's played all year long in different capacities um, in other parts of the world. We're here. I think it's – the sun. Major League Soccer here is weird, man. It runs, like, all year long. It's like baseball. Baseball starts in, like, the end of March and April, and it runs till almost Christmas time. I mean, it seems like it's going, it's going on forever. Um, I think soccer's kind of the same way. They start really early in the year and they end in the fall. So, yeah, that's slightly different to how we do. Because we, I mean, I much prefer it to start like do it like annually. So it starts in twenty nine, like season twenty nineteen. We have it over split over two years. So yeah, we start in August and then end in May sort of time. Um, right. And then hopefully we've got a World Cup. Like that's that's when everything kicks off. That's the best right. time. Like when every four years or every two years because the Euros as well. And you, when you can just watch football all summer as well. And you don't have to worry about miss like racing. Yeah, I think in, in here, you know, we've got a couple new um, spring pro football leagues starting up with the Alliance American Football. And then uh, Vince McMahon from World Wrestling Entertainment is kicking off his XFL thing again, I think, next year. Oh. Uh, so we will have football almost year, year round because the NFL right now, it starts, the preseason starts in August and then the Super Bowl's in February. So you do get a blending of the years, but. Um, not a complete overlap like you're talking about yeah i think i worked out the other day that pretty much at the moment pretty much every day of the week i could watch a football match on tv like with all the european games on and like all the different countries that are doing it yeah it's really cool. i'd love to watch sports every day but my wife would probably not (laughs) actually my daughter gets to watch whatever she wants to watch now so i've been stuck on watching cartoons and (laughs) watching a football game every day would be ideal at this point you got to get her into the football. You got to. So, so on that November day, what sports are you going to see? If you could choose one, football. Football. Yeah. American I mean, football. baseball. They play a hundred and some, hundred and sixty games or something like that, or hundred and so many. So, I mean, you there's usually two baseball games a day in the summertime. You know, teams will play doubleheaders. So you're not gonna, you know, you know, you got you get your fill of baseball. But football is once a week. You know, basketball, baseball, soccer. Hockey, they're playing multiple games a week, sometimes multiple games a day. But football, it's 
you know, the NFL Sundays, college football Saturday, high school football Friday, you know, so you can get three days of football, but if you're just an NFL fan, you just get one day. So I would pick football. Nice. Yeah. That's same here. Like you're always waiting for that weekend. So you just, you get so yeah. excited. Yeah. There's something about sports. I mean, people maybe listen to this and thinking, like, I don't care about sports. Stop talking about it. Uh, <laughs> logos, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> But You've yeah. got a group of people, though, who are going to listen to it and just listen to it because of the sports. Yeah, exactly. You know, I got into design because of sports, and we talked about that in the last podcast. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of people that are kind of like that, too, that it, become, it kind of translates. Yeah, I, here's a funny story. I remember drawing uh, my a football team's logo because I couldn't afford the tracksuit. So I remember drawing a football team's logo on my school uniform. Yeah, yeah. So I I've, I've been there, dude. I've been, I had, uh, because when I first started paying out, really paying attention to football and my dad went to Oregon state, you know, so the, the Beavers. And, um, at the time, I mean, uh, we didn't, my parents weren't going to go out and buy me a, a football uniform or something to wear. And we nowhere around where I lived, did we have like a, a team store or store that sold logo gear. I mean, it's everywhere now. Um, so I ended up, I, I would like piece together, like, uh, like I'd have like their colors were orange and black. So I'd wear like an orange shirt with like black long sleeves. And that was like my, the identifier. And I'd like, put like a block O on the chest. Like that was about as good as it got when I was a little kid. Yeah, that's the way to go though. That's the, that's the days where you create your own football and your imagination goes right. wrong. <laughs> um, but back to the logos, my favorite one, I think, for baseball is the Detroit Tigers, is it? Um, the D, that Just that old fashioned D style. Like, I don't like in that. That's, that's just nice. Again, it goes back. That's another one that has multiple... Yeah. Uses. I think there was one on the jersey and one on the hat. I think they finally started to dial that in, but that was another one like the Yankees that had multiple versions of that black letter D. You know, yeah. it's just awesome. It's just, just how long have they had that? Do you know, uh, from since the start. Um, I'm not sure when Detroit started, but a lot of those teams with the a lot of teams that don't have a mascot logo, mm. probably some that started like pre 40s. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of monograms in that time period. You know, uh, Boston doesn't have a monogram, but they do have the Boston B. Um, yeah. I think that was probably just inherent because it was easier to do and what they had access to. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, basketball is the next one we're talking about, um, and then basketball logos are interesting. Have we talked about basketball? We haven't talked about basketball. No, mm-hmm. we talked about. No, we talked about Atlanta Hawks a little bit, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, basketball logos. I think the one thing that annoys me is the two LA logos. They're very similar. That's yeah, uh, you know, they're not not so much anymore since the Clippers rebranded, and I think in 2016, and their rebrand was awful. Um, and the Lakers logo type and thing has been around for, you know, probably since the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. So it's been around for a long time. Um, but, you, you know, basketball is another one of the big sports. So you've got multiple teams in, in you know, one city. LA and New York and you know that so you do kind of have that how do you differentiate the locality now obviously the Lakers came from Minnesota where they were the Lakers Minnesota is the is it Minnesota yeah is the land of 10,000 lakes so that made sense they were the Lakers you know that was who they were in the 50s and and early 60s then they moved to LA they just kept the, the same branding so it doesn't quite make sense for LA, but it makes sense for where they were. Now the Clippers came from San Diego. I mean, a Clipper is obviously a ship. San Diego is a huge uh, military naval base. 
uh, and has always kind of been a really big nautical, you know, into the you know very nautical city. So Clippers again makes sense there. They moved to LA. Yeah. It's just a good word, I guess, and not worth rebranding because maybe it was not worth it or um, people already were uh, aware of the team and the name, so it was easier to, to again, correlate. So I should have done some more research into the Clippers, but I always think of a barbershop and just the Clippers. And- <laughs> All right. right. Well, you know, it's because, you know, shame on them because when they first started, they had some really cool – um, boat iconography, some sailboats and stuff, and right. and really cool colors, you know, like some powder blues and like orangish red, some really cool stuff. Um, and oh yeah, on them because they, you know, their owner is you know one of the longest is one of the founding members of Microsoft, or he's been the CEO of Microsoft forever. So you look at their logo and it looks like a freaking tech logo. I mean, you you get that. I mean, it's very it looks like a, a fancy type on micro in Microsoft Word like. Yeah, it does. It's just bad. And I don't know. I'm not discrediting the artists and the creatives who did that. I'm, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I'm because I've been on, I've been in those meetings where you're just fighting for what you want. And you're not going to get it. Um, but it's, man, that's just proof of an, of an ownership team having way too much say in the design process. Yeah. You know what we do? We, we start a basketball team in LA that like call it, call it LA Sun or something, or just call it LA Traffic. I think have a lot of traffic right, in LA. Right. But, like the stars. I mean, you could call it like the LA. Now, I think in, uh, in the WNBA, the Women's Basketball League, they're, uh, uh, God, the LA team, the Sparks. They're the Sparks. I'm not sure why they're the Sparks, but it kind of makes more sense. You know, maybe it has something to do with that. that no, I don't think it has anything to do with fire. Maybe it has something to do with the star aspect. I don't know. But it, it feels more organic than Lakers. Yeah, I mean, guess I mean, for, for me, from my point of view, now knowing more about teams moving around, um, I, it's a bit of a disappointment <laughs> from from an outsider point of view. Yeah, it's hard to follow. It doesn't, you know, when you're trying to make sense of everything you're hearing, and I think that's something too. As a kid, you know, as a growing up, and not, you know, that well, you'd was something. Wouldn't you? Like, if if you lived in San Diego and then your team moved away, you'd be gutted. <laughs> Dude, the San Diego Chargers, the football team, moved to LA like two years ago, and it just painful. Know, it rough, really. San Diego. Right. You know, we're, we're talking basketball. You know, the super, the Seattle SuperSonics moved to Oklahoma and become the Thunder, and um, you know, oh, again, you want to talk about some awesome branding? You look up the Seattle SuperSonics stuff. I mean, it's just gold and yellow and. Look awesome, awesomely seventies. <laughs> I mean, it's. And it made sense for yeah. Seattle. You know, they were at the time they were, you know, Boeing is there, and they were developing jets and the supersonic jets, and um, so it made sense. There's some really cool stuff there. People should look that up. Yeah, their '90s logo and color, their color palette is wonky as hell. It's like dark reds and dark greens and <laughs> weird goldish colors. But again, I mean, it's a very '90s looking logo too. It's Sonics and it's real warped and um, you know, kind of bombastic looking. But um, yeah, then yeah. they early 2000s they went back to that green and yellow palette with some updated marks and yeah. um, it's a damn shame that they had to go to Oklahoma City and that logo that's the single probably the single worst sports logo <laughs> is that Oklahoma City logo there's some, there's some really nice stuff going on with that the, like I said the 90s one just it's very 90s as well you can imagine it coming on a bit like the Sega logo and, and sort of all glitchy yeah. and um, like basketball going through the O and coming around the, the uh, yeah. tower. <laughs> no, they, 
they were in the uh, they were in the NBA Finals against Michael Jordan in maybe '96 or '97, and there's a really iconic picture of Michael Jordan. He's holding the ball back, and Gary Payton um, uh, is standing in front of him, guarding him, and he's got just this big Sonics logo on him. And then the Bulls have that classic Chicago, yeah. you know, that classic red, black, and white, that really cool um, uniform. So it's a really kind of you look at design wise, it's really kind of a, a, a play on. Um, where sports was, where it was going at the time. And, um, yeah, you know, classic always lasts, but that's a really cool picture just from a design perspective and aesthetic perspective. Yeah. Like I say, it's interesting to see all these sports logos changing and, and how they do go with the trends or go with or current, current things and get updated for a bit more modern, like the Atlanta Hawks logo. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's very, and it's very money driven too. You mm. see a lot, I mean, I think the first team to really go trend was the Charlotte Hornets when they came out. I mean, they had a, a fashion designer design their, their colors and they were really loud. I mean, the teal and the purple and everything. And um, so you, you saw that really heavy trend. Well, then a lot of the new teams followed along the Toronto Raptors and the, the Vancouver Grizzlies was very uh, aggressive animals. And then the Hawks did it. And then you know, Sonics did it. And you saw it just kind of, you know, kind of boil over with a lot of these teams. And a lot of those teams now have gone backwards. They've gone away from that. So you have this, the 90s is like literally a capsule in time where uh, where trend was the owner of how things were visually, specifically in football and basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think of the, the Kings logo, Sacramento Kings logo? Because I quite like that. The new one, not bad. It's not bad. I mean, it's uh, there's some cool um, uh, visual cues in there. I think like the you know the the mountains um, yeah. and the and the crown. Yeah. You know, it's got it, it's 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 very sporty type style. Uh, it's not bad. It's you know I really like how it translates on 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 their uniforms. I think the purple and black and is a very and silver is a is a unique color scheme. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Kings did it for a while in hockey in L.A. Um, but it's a, it's it's a unique scheme, so they really have a lot of uh, a lot of things to play off of, and I I think it was well done. Um, you know, I'm kind of a homer. I think I think the Blazers, the Trailblazers, have the the best branding in basketball. Um, they just have a damn cool logo. Um, you know, in and of itself, it doesn't really have much to do with sports. I mean, the 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 pinwheel itself. Yeah. <laughs> the meaning of it is there's there's five lines and they're supposed to act as the five players on each team converging, um, but you know there's it's been in different iterations. Like there was the early two thousands where it was very spiked and beveled, um, and now they've gone back to a to a to a version that looks a lot like the original, um, but it stood the test of time. You know it's like this. You know if the Sonics were still around, it's just that classic. You know it's it's I mean it's typical of Portland. It's like an overrepresentation. Portland's you know is kind of cliche very hipster and tries to be trendy um and it's like on a little bubble uh but it's very portland-esque to have a logo that is like a hidden symbol like it's like five players like this deep bill walton style meaning of you know the convergence of players and um but it's just cool like the way it translates across the brand their uniforms have always had the sashes on them yeah uh, and it's i think that kind of stuff is is what we what you should see more of in sports where it's less about you know the mascot i mean if they want they could a trailblazer is it's, it's various aspects it could be a horse you know the blaze the blaze of a horse um you know i think the term trailblazer comes from somebody going through and knocking chips out of trees to mark 
where people have been. Trailblazer, now the term means to be the first one through, which makes sense with the pioneering aspect of Oregon. They had a lot they could play off of, and instead they went with this, like, super, you know, in the 70s it was probably, you know, some, like, hyper-modern, but, um, you know, this, some that had symbolism didn't really have much to do with the, the mascot or the city. Um, and it stuck because they, they pursued it across everything they did. Um, they made stripes cool. It's like the Browns in Cleveland, you know, they, if for football, they have a terrible color palette. I mean, it's kind of cool, um, but they don't have a logo, yeah, you know, yeah. they, they use a helmet as their logo, but their stripes, the stripes are on their uniform and have been forever kind of become the brand language. And the Blazers have kind of done the same thing, which I, I think is cool. I mean, I, if you can take a logo or a brand and just, you know, instead of placing it, it's like Coca-Cola. I mean, if you see a red can with a little white swoosh on, you know, it's Coca-Cola. Um, the fact that the sports team could do that is really impressive. Yeah. That's, I've seen it before, but looking at it now and looking at the rest of the uniform and everything, it's, that's really awesome. And seeing the old. Yeah. And it's never changed. I mean, it's been, well, they had a different logo style in the seventies when they won the, the championship. They had so like blazers down the side, but that was really big in the seventies. That's a, a really um, common aesthetic from that time period in basketball to have the vertical running text um, with like a chest set number or something like that. But um, that, that sash is run across. And I, is it, um, is it pronounced Juventus or Juventus, the soccer club? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they've done the same thing. They've like, they've got that stripe set, like that Adidas stripe. Um, and in their new branding, they were like, hey, we're going to play that up. We're going to create a crest. It looks like a J. It looks like it's got our you know, stripe. People hated it. I loved it. You know, and I think a lot of like, designers were like, that's the shit. Um, because it does the same thing that the Trailblazers logo does or um, that the Browns, you know, do. Is it plays off of something different other than a mascot or a, or a monogram or a letter mark? It, you know, it ties in the branding so well. You know, it's just a, it's, it's an element that is, is organic. Mm. And you, you, again, you don't see it a lot in professional sports. I, I think with the Juventus logo, we're going to look back in a couple of years' time and think they were well ahead of their time, and and now everyone's doing it because it's it's um, moving towards that that universal brand. And what they tried to do with it when they did it was they want to be seen next to these these big luxury companies, and they want to be worn as jewelry. They want to be a fashionable, right. trendy lifestyle brand, not just a football team. Right, um, and you're not gonna you're not gonna hit consumers. It's like kind of what we talked about at the beginning. You're not, if that's what you want, you're not going to hit consumers if you, if your logo is a soccer ball. Yeah, exactly. Your, your demographic shrinks. So if you create something like the Trailblazers logo or the Juventus logo where it's, it's kind of ambiguous. Yeah. It can translate and creates a wider demographic and a wider market of consumers. Um, you know, and it's like we do it as designers when we brand ourselves, you know, we try to fit like niches that we want to hit, you know, like, oh, I want to be a sports designer. So my logo is like really sporty or I want to work. I want to just do hand-drawn stuff. So my logo is very hand-drawn and my brand is very this. Um, or we present ourselves in a certain way. You, you narrow your consumer market, you know, quite a bit. Now you might get people from outside of that market, but um, so I think designers could look a lot to sports and be like, okay, well, obviously sports has a set style, you know, um, and it's different all over the world. But then you have these few brands like the Blazers and Juventus, where they can go anywhere and be anything. You know, you could slap their logo on the side of a football helmet. You could slap their logo on the side of a Ferrari, and it would just it would translate because it because it has different meaning. 
there's another team that uh, talking about football and soccer, soccer, another team that does that very well, and they've had this logo for ages and ages and ages. And um, just I, I personally, I think it's the best football logo of all time. Uh, it's Wolverhampton Wanderers Wolves, the Wolves logo. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> it's such, awesome. a, such a wicked logo. I love it. That's <laughs> cool. That speaks to the '90s kid in me. <laughs> yeah. Looks yeah. like a, a comic book cartoon logo. I mean, it's just that's pretty rad. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is that like a military, kind of like a mil- special military group logo. You know, like it's <laughs> like some special ops group. Yeah, absolutely. And they're doing some really cool stuff with the branding now, which um, uses the the ears and the the bangles and the points of it. Um, right. So yeah, they, they're doing some good stuff with that, um, bringing it back. You know, some of my favorite sports logos are like some of the bad ones. Like, yeah. you know, like I, said, I grew up in the 90s. So, um, you know, obviously the, the Toronto Raptors original logo is so bad. It's awesome. Um, you know, the jagged ass type and all this stuff. Um, but nowadays, I mean, to me, some of the ones that are, are kind of dorky and don't take themselves seriously, seriously are kind of my favorite ones. You know, you get too many that are like, this is our brand and this is our logo and this is our golden, our North star and our, or this is our, you know, our Holy grail and it can't be messed with. And then you have some that are like, Hey, we've got a different logo every six weeks. You know, I'm just like, that's kind of awesome in a way, you know, it's kind of creates some uh, anarchy that some in our, especially in our industry is kind of nice. Kind of yeah. changes things up. I think too often people kind of just are like, this is how it's got to be, you know, you bang, bang, bang the drum and mm-hmm. I'm sitting over here like, hey, you know, I'm going to put a gradient on that. But then, you know, <laughs> I'm going to type this out in Comic Sans and really piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> There's always things, that, especially in sport, especially in where things have got so much history and sports logos and branding and like teams' colours. Like, oh, there's been some historic like changes of teams' colours where the fans have gone absolutely crazy about it. Um, but, but, yeah, there's always people always hate change. Like, it makes sense. Like, there's a, there's a part of it that makes sense. Like, let's say you've been a fan of the Yankees your entire life. And, and generally, um, a lot of people who grew up in, like, New York, there's, like, three generations or four generations of people who are fans. You might have that, too, in, in the UK and Europe of certain mm-hmm. clubs that are, you know, 100, 100 years old. Some are, you know, I think there's some baseball teams that are over 100 years old now. Um, yeah, most football teams are, yeah. Um, so that's four, four and a half generations of people. Mm. So like, you get literally invested monetary-wise and emotionally. That's a long time. That's 110 years. To all of a sudden go, hey, we're not going to be blue and gray anymore. We're going to be, you know, purple and black. Like, whoa. <laughs> whoa down now. Like, that's totally unacceptable. I get it when people get mad about that kind of stuff. It makes sense to me. I, I don't get it when people get really mad over like let's, the subtle changes, like like Juventus logo or something, where they really did something that was um, game changing, especially in the design world. Um, and you know, fans are like, "I could have done this better," or "I hate this," or and it's like you don't know what's good for you. You know, that's just whining to whine. Yeah. And you, see, you see a lot of that in design. Um, and that's why I say I try to never badmouth like the creatives who are part of the process because a lot of times it's out of your control. Um, and I think generally we always try to steer clients in the, the correct direction or the direction we feel as, as educated professionals is like, this is, this is going to benefit you more. And sometimes you can't get past that with other people. And it's hard to translate that. And, yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people don't look at the reasons why they changed it. Like with the Juventus logo, we've recently had it with the Slack logo as well people didn't look at the reasons in the process and, and all of the thoughts behind it. And, and if they right. did, 
if it did, they would realise actually this is a better logo because of these reasons, and this is why they're changing it because it's going to be better for the brand in the future, and it makes more sense. And instead, they just go off. Oh, they changed it. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at, I mean, we we've all done it. We've all been there where you're you're spending a lot of time on small features of brands, especially when you're doing logo design. You're, you know, small little tidbits of this or that. I'm going to round this corner. I'm going to cut this edge. I'm I'm going to you know create an angle here and then people you try to explain that to somebody and they're like I don't care I don't get it it doesn't make any sense all I care about is what I see you know it's like a chair they don't care what it looks like as long as they can sit in it if you can't sit in it then it's not you know it's useless um so people people like you know and they get and especially when they get invested in it you know um you know you have a BBC hat on your table I think about if Draplin changed his logo yeah pissed off the design community would be at him for doing it yeah. because everybody's become invested in it it's true it's true yeah and it's and he's got a custom typeface now and that that typeface is his uh, he, right it's all about so, like, yeah but again that's all that's something a lot of only designers would understand like oh you know that's a that people you know they don't understand typefaces and fonts and they don't get that that's that's awesome. You know, there's, there's things about, you know, Oh, let's, uh, let's make a proprietary custom you know, typeface for this. And it's like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. Copper <laughs> you know, let's do, let's do, you know, papyrus. Yeah. So. I was speaking to Debbie Millman about this, about uh, normal people not realizing about packaging design and people aren't going to look for pack packaging design in, in the supermarket. And when the Burger King logo changed, you know, people aren't, worried about it. they just want their burger like they aren't too worried about it normal people and when the design community looks at it like you say like they go outrage um but but even but i think with sports logos it's slightly different because like you say people are invested in the club and invested in the mark a bit more than normal brands when, I, when you're a fan you create an opinion yeah that you think matters so like you know any sport a, a coach makes a bad decision well then we all think we're the coach yeah I would have done this differently or I would have, you know, or a guy makes a bad play. All of a sudden we're all now professionals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All are critics. And so whether you're a designer or a creative or not, when there's a change to that, you invest in, you create an opinion about it. Um, and it, yeah, so sports is probably the worst when people change logos. Uh, it's like burn it down, you know, and, and with internet trolls nowadays, it's, you have keyboard warriors who don't care about the process and will just sit there and just, rip something apart for no reason just because they can just because they have the time to um and as creatives that's really hard you know there there was a time where creatives were faceless you know they, they were they were just kind of the hidden hand yeah. um, and if something did well that was what that was your you know your claim to fame that was your Saul Bass moment was that you had something that was widely known and a lot of creatives aren't known that did a lot of work that we all appreciate nowadays we're all on social media we're all out there Somebody comes at us with, you know, somebody comes at a creative with, you know, a mob mentality. Well, the creatives fight back. And it's kind of a bad system, you know, of how it works nowadays. But it's, it's got a lot of vitriol, but that's where we're at. And um, I, it's something I wish, you know, see, I didn't go to design school. I'm self-taught. So I learned a lot about dealing with the public and stuff in my original jobs. And I, I wish that was something they taught people in school or wish they teach people in art school. It's like, you get out in the real world, man, and it's, it's mean it's really mean and if you're going to get into like the sports world and i have a lot of friends 
um, in the sports design community because you know I, I spend a lot of time kind of in that because it's very much in the aesthetic of my work um, or some of my work that they deal with that a ton and I, I think it breaks a lot of people it really does yeah yeah it's, it's hard um, I want I think we're just too quick to we've got we, like you say we've got that social media there we we can do it too quickly we don't get time to think because we've right. got instant access to to shout at people right yeah here's something new we hate it yeah, yeah. look now here we are a couple years removed from the Juventus logo coming out it's still around it's still yeah. awesome still doing the job you know there's still probably gonna be a pocket of people who hate it just to hate it but although then the, I know there's there's this one team I don't know if they did it for a PR stunt or not but there's a, a team called Leeds United in the UK and they changed their logo for um, well I'll show you uh, to basically something that it, it, is, it is still representative of the club. There's basically the club has like a salute like this and they wear the, the on his chest. Oh, I saw that one where they had, they had the guy with the hand in front. Yeah, and everybody yeah. ripped that apart. Yeah, and because so many people had a go at, at them, they, they decided actually we probably shouldn't go forward with this. And I think that was definitely for a good reason. They definitely should not have gone ahead with that. You know, to a degree, I remember when that all came out and people were just blowing it up and I thought... <laughs> They should have stuck to their guns. You know, obviously that was not, it wasn't great, but it went through all the filters and it passed through multiple people and through multiple meetings. And you know what, if that's what you want to do, you know, sometimes in today's world, people are too quick to go, sorry for hurting your feelings. And they, then they backtrack, especially in in brand design. You see a lot of brands come out and if people don't like it, now again, I get it. It's business consumers. You don't want people to hate your brand. At the same time, be like, guess what? This is what we're doing, you know? Hang with us or don't. Yeah. You've seen that with Uber as well. Like, they've changed their logo a couple of times or their branding a couple of times in the last six years. Like, three, I think it's like three times in, was it four years, I think? But, um, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's maybe different because that's probably, you know, they don't really know who they are or they're trying to subscribe to a consumer trend. Right. Um, and that's dangerous. That's, that's not good, you know, organizational structure when it comes to, to, to creative um, problem solving. But you know, I was looking like Pepsi you know, compared to Coke or Burger King compared to McDonald's. So Pepsi has changed their branding probably once every 15 or 20 years. They stay within the same core, but they change it up. Mm. They follow a lot of trends. Well, Pepsi in America tends to be the trendier soda of the two. Really? Yeah. Where Coca-Cola is like, you know, the New York Yankees. They've been around since the 18-somethings, and they've got the same kind of style, and they're just, they're just Coke. They're red and white, and they're Coca-Cola. That's it. I mean, they're, they're not going to change for anybody else. They're going to be who they are. Whereas Pepsi's like, hey, we're fun. You know, we're going to do some different stuff. Burger King's the same way. Burger King's like, we're going to change things up. We're going to do what we want. Whereas McDonald's is like, we're always red and yellow and a big M. You know, it's so there's there's if, if it's structured that way and if it's calculated that way that brand anarchy can be kind of used to to be part of that language and part of that history of your of your company whereas you know if you're just changing the change like just randomly or, or like you're not confident in your, in your change then it's then that's bad but i think there's definitely a expectation that nowadays that if you piss off people then you got to backtrack and make them happy and i See, I mean, and, and that was probably for a good reason, them changing that logo back, because I don't think it was very good. It looked like a stock image. Um, but, 
there was probably something there that could have been pulled from that that could have been developed further. Um, but instead, they were just like, eh, we don't want to hurt any feelings. We're going to go back to what we had. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the uh, the Gillette brand <laughs> after what's happened recently. Uh, you know, see, uh, I, I, not to get political or anything, but I loved it. Like, I grew up around a lot of women, and I've been a big advocate for men not being douchebags. Um, you know, when our whole Supreme Court thing was going on, I put out a series of Instagram videos that were kind of like, you know, don't be an a-hole. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it is. You know, if you're getting mad about something that comes out, that's because they're calling you out, you know, like, and I thought it was great advertising and, you know, Gillette's thing has always been the best a man can get. And, you know, they're kind of saying, well, maybe men can get better. You know, I mean, it's, it really is an awesome twist on their brand and their brand, uh, the way the brand communicates with consumers. Um, and, you know, what are those guys going to stop buying Gillette's? Cause they, you know, <laughs> The only thing I didn't, I, I think, I think they had the right idea, but I think they sort of, it looked like that they thought that every man had the same opinion and did the same thing. Every right, man. and they did kind of lump people together. Now, unfortunately, I mean, I think that's the kind of society we live in. Like, if you're of a certain person or of a certain look, now all of a sudden you're like everybody else. Um, and, 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 yeah, they didn't do a good job of, like, that saying, you know, or being, they, I think they had to be more specific, but I don't think they could be. You know, they couldn't pinpoint certain people, you know. Um, I think they just, as a whole, needed to, you know, gave the message to everybody. And, you know, I think that's fair, though, too. Um, I think in, in advertising and in branding, you have to hit everybody. And because um, when you start to pull away and try to hit certain people, then you, I think you lose the power of the message you're trying to create. Maybe they could have said something along the lines of, men are awesome, they've done all these cool stuff, but... There's still some stuff that is, shouldn't be happening. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're not, you're not a finished piece. I mean, it's, yeah. everybody, everybody's got chinks yeah, in their down that line. Yeah, they should have gone down that line. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's a pro wrestler, AJ Styles, um, uh, in WWE, who, who he said in a podcast, he's like, listen, I got angry of it because I didn't know who they were talking to. Right. You know, right, right, right. I don't know what his political views are or how he is as a person, but he had said, you know, I have sons and I have daughters and I've taught my sons to, to, to respect and, and to, to treat women the right way. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, you know, everybody's got that foundation. It's then what you choose to do with that foundation and, and not everybody's a finished product kind of thing, but um, yeah, they did kind of lump everybody together, which I think is the wrong way. But I do think at the same time, there's that shock value of it that says like, you know, we just need to do better regardless if you're a good person or not, you know, cause at the same time in the video, they do show that, it's up to the people who are good people to actually say things. Um, and uh, I, I think that's, that was probably where they saved themselves in that kind of advertising. Yeah. But yeah, you have a brand that literally goes out of their way to do something and be controversial. I think that um, might be most of the reason why they did it is because they wanted to be talked about and, and right. used. Yeah, I wonder how much that, that affects a lot of adverts we see and we don't realize it and everyone gets angry about it, but no one's realizing that, you know, they're just doing it to get money. They're raking it in, man. They, you know, when, when, when brands become controversial, and that's the old adage, if you're not being, you know, bad press is good press. You know, if you're not being talked about, um, and you see with celebrities, when a celebrity does something bad, man, then all of a sudden they're in movies and stuff, and they've got endorsement deals, and, um, you know, Tiger Woods screwed up about eight years ago, did some crazy stuff, had some things going on, and he's, whatever, he comes back, and people get on a standing ovation and act like he's Jesus. So, you know. It, he's it, a cool logo. 
he's got a great logo. We're talking about good sports logos. Tiger Woods, that's one of the best ones, man. That's cool. That's a good logo. Segway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this has been this has been an absolute pleasure. I've, I've thoroughly loved talking about sports logos and sports and design, yeah. combining them. Um, so I really appreciate you, you coming oh, back on yeah. the podcast and doing it. I appreciate you having me on, and I, you know, like I said before, I, you know. I just, I enjoy riffing. You know, sometimes that's where the best content comes from. Somebody's probably going to make a sound bite out of me. Yeah. Sound like a dork, but no, it's fine, man. Just to chat and talk about design, whether it's sports logos or whatever. It's, you know, it's yeah. our passion. So it's fun, to, it's fun to just kind of bang the drum on. Where can people find you and say hello to you on social media? Uh, so I'm at Kyle Van Cleve on Instagram, at KyleVC on Twitter. Um, I'm on Dribble. That's again just my name. Um, and then our website is uh, wildgiantstudio.com. I think you can do kylevancleve.com. It'll take you to the same place. Awesome. Uh, you know, the last time we chatted, you said uh, you don't follow, follow me on Twitter, but not for very long because you said you. Yeah, gonna... dude, I, dude, I got off of there, and then I realized like clients were trying to get a hold of me through there, and I was like, oh, really? dang. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, I, I had to reopen it, which is still a, you know, I still have the same thing. It's still a terrible place, man. It's, <laughs> It's really bad. I mean, Facebook was bad for a long time. It still is, but Twitter's just the worst. You got the worst kind of people on that thing. So, but unfortunately, it's kind of the world we live in, necessary evil. Yeah, you need clients as well, so keep them happy. <laughs> you betcha. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Really appreciate you listening as always. It was a really cool episode to uh, film with Kyle. Let me know down below in the comments if you're on YouTube, what is your favorite sporting logo? Don't forget to subscribe. Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast.